Welcome home. I'm so glad you decided to join us today for Church at Home, and I would love to extend a special welcome to anyone new to the family. Today we are going to be talking about how Jesus meets us in the synagogue, and if you have any questions, want to get involved, or let us know that you are here, please just text HelloCore to 474747 and we will get in touch with you. And if this is helpful to you, please consider clicking the like and subscribe buttons and ring the bell for notifications. We are a church that seeks to transform lives with the resurrected power of Jesus, and there are a lot of great things happening, but we'll come back to them at the end. Right now, let's gather together for a time of praise and worship. You are 
Hello, welcome to our house for Church at Home. I'm Anna, a leader at Church at Home, and I'm excited to spend some time with you here at the end of January. I know the world still seems tumultuous and difficult in this new year. I don't know what your difficult is, but joining together as Christians to worship God is the best way to find hope in the midst of difficult and hard times. My desire is that this next 30 minutes will provide you with a small bit of that hope and good news. Prepare your heart to receive it. Set down the things that beep, chirp, or buzz at you. Take a deep breath and release the stress and craziness you've been holding in. Gather friends or family around you or contact someone over the phone and watch with them. Let the words, music, and prayers encourage and strengthen your soul as we have church at home together. We begin with the words Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. A framework for Christians through the ages and cultures have been our creeds. They give us a framework for what we believe. Please join me in reciting this creed known as the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Again, thank you for joining us, especially if this is your first time. You can shoot us a text to 474747 with the word Hello Core to let us know you're here. When you do that, a form will come to you with a place for you to ask questions. If there are any words you don't understand, any questions about the ideas you hear, please write them and send them to us. We would love to find time to talk more deeply about what you hear. We'll even buy you coffee if you live locally. We're continuing our series on Jesus in Strange Places. We're going to hear, listen to Pastor Greg talk about Jesus in the synagogue or church. Listen in with me. Well, welcome back to Church at Home. Ron is away this week, so I'm pinch hitting, and I've got a great question for you. Um, it's one that comes from uh, This American Life with Ira Glass, and the question is simply this. If you could choose a superpower between flight and invisibly, invisibility, which one would you choose? Now, here's the deal. You can't have both. And you'll be the only person in the world to have that particular superpower. So which one would you choose and why? Well, Ira Glass on This American Life explored that and found some surprising responses. He said, what surprised me most was how quickly everyone would choose as though they'd been thinking about it their whole life. Everyone knew exactly which superpower they wanted and why they would want it and what they would do with it. And their plans weren't always heroic or flashy. In fact, as he surveyed all these people, they almost never were. Like the woman who wanted invisibility so that she could be a petty thief and steal cashmere sweaters. Uh, typically, this is how it goes, Ira said. People who turn invisible will sneak into movies or on the airplanes. People who fly stop taking the bus. Here's one thing that pretty much no one ever says. Ira says, no one ever says, I will use my superpower to fight crime.
crime. In fact, no one seems to ever care about crime. Like the guy who said, I don't think I would want to spend a lot of time using my power for good. I mean, if you had to rescue somebody from a burning building or something like that, you might catch on fire yourself. Over the past few weeks, we've been talking about Jesus in strange places. And this week, we're going to be talking about Jesus at church. Now, you need to ask, what's so strange about that? Well, in the chaos of life, we're often looking for safe harbors. And so often we go to religious people. But sadly, I think what we find is that religious people are sometimes the most clueless. I saw this great picture of a a boat in the storm, and it said this. It said, when life feels out of control, it's good to celebrate God's authority. It's good to celebrate God's authority. Because there is someone who has us, who has things in control, and he will use his power, his superpowers, if you will, for our good and his glory. Now, there's a great line in the phrase in the passage we're going to be looking at, Mark 1, 28 through um, uh, 21 to 28. And it's this line tucked right in the middle. It says, have you come to destroy us? And I think that's a great question for anyone to ask when you have somebody who's so powerful, like Jesus, coming in the midst of our presence. He has all of this power. What will he use it for? And here's what I want you to understand. Jesus uses his power for our good and his glory. First, Jesus uses his authority to make sense of the world. The second thing we're going to talk about is how Jesus uses authority to liberate and, in fact, muzzle evil. And the third thing is Jesus uses authority for us. So let's look at this first thing. Jesus uses authority to make sense of the world. Take a look in Mark chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. Right there it says, And they went to Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. They were astonished. We need to ask, who are they? The they is the elders or the scribes and the Pharisees. Think of it, um, maybe a picture that you might have in your mind is an old-time Baptist church. The preacher's preaching up a storm, and what do you hear the congregation saying? If you've ever been in church with my dad, you'll hear him say it from time to time. Amen. Preach it, brother. That's the role of elders. It's a role that elders have taken for centuries. What they're doing is affirming vocally what the preacher is doing. And Jesus is a guest preacher in this synagogue, and the elders are probably on the front row, and they're saying amen. But there's something interesting that happens in the Gospels. It's not in this passage, but it's important to know. You'll notice in the other Gospels and and sometimes in Mark that Jesus often says amen, amen, before they do. Why? Well, because he's beating them to the punch. It's as if he's saying, I don't need your amen to validate me or to affirm what I'm saying. You might think that's kind of rude, but not really. What Jesus is saying is that, or I should say what he's claiming, is that he's the original authority. So what original authority does Jesus have? Well, when Jesus shows up back when we started this series, It was in the Jordan, and he said, and what was said is the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. 
You see, he's the true king. And later in this passage and in other passages, when demons see him, he simply silences them and moves them out. And he has this immediacy, this action that points to an urgency that shows his care. And when it comes to his teaching, there's something qualitatively different about Jesus. The scribes and the prophets would say, it is written, or thus saith the Lord. And even me as a pastor, I will say, this is what the Bible says. Because I don't have authority outside of what the scriptures say. I can never say, well, this is what the Bible says, but I don't think we should take that all that seriously. Because it's not my word that has the authority. It's the Bible's word that has the authority. Jesus says, not it is written or it has been said, but he says, I say to you. Jesus was speaking as if he was the very word of God. After all, that is his claim, the word in flesh. Jesus is speaking with original authority as if he's the source document. And it says that they're astonished. In other words, how dare he? So many of the religious leaders wanted and may still want to control information. You know, if you control information, you really control people. They were information peddlers, but they weren't wisdom actors. You see, they knew about Jesus. They knew about God, but it was all just information. Remember back in Christmas where Herod was asked where the child, Christ child would be born by the wise men? If you notice in that wonderful scene, nobody has to go back and study or do some inquiry. They just simply, all the religious leaders say, Bethlehem, that's where he's going to be born. Like open secret kind of thing, right? Throughout this gospel and others, the, the demons, you'll notice, will say, I know who you are, Jesus. And they are knowledgeable. But you'll notice something interesting. They're afraid. They try to make deals. They're begging for mercy. But what do the scribes and the elders do? They argue. They ignore. They even try to silence Jesus. Not, not even the demons do that. You see, information alone without proper application just ends up harming people. Anne Bradstreet says this wonderful quote, Authority without wisdom is like a heavy axe without an edge. It's fitter to bruise than to polish. Now, everybody else around there may have had a different reaction. The one reaction of the elders is, how dare he? But I'll bet others were saying, finally. They're probably relieved. Finally, someone with good news and not just good advice. And what's the good news? It's the fact, the reality, the action of what Jesus is doing and what it means. It means the kingdom of God is here. The king is here to liberate and, and bring people out of bondage. And here's the danger. I think we love the idea of Jesus until he starts acting, until it starts to hit home. You see, when we see that Jesus has authority, we, re we realize that we can no longer say, I love Jesus and I accept most of what he says. How can you say that? Either he is who he says he is. He says he's God. He says he has all authority. He says, I say to you, well, you can't believe Jesus is who he said he was and say, but I don't take him all that seriously when he says this or when he tells me to do that. I mean, what you're actually saying is I can't believe Jesus is who he said he was at all. I believe he's a fraud, a lunatic or a nice guy, but he's not the son of God. You see, if Jesus has authority, then it's a total authority 
over your and my mind, your and my actions, your and my thinking and doing. Anything less leads simply back to chaos. And Jesus comes to expose and to liberate. That's what he uses his authority for. You see, we often use our authority to control and manipulate. He uses it to liberate. I think it's important to realize that's part of the reason why we have core groups and why they're so important. You see, a lot of times people hold on to Bible knowledge. They hold on to religious understanding and teaching as if, as if they're the only ones that have it. But you see, you and the Bible in community, not just alone, in community with the Holy Spirit, well, that's all you need. That's the great liberator of information. And it helps bring wisdom to the chaos of your and my world. Have you come to destroy us? No, Jesus didn't come to destroy the people in power. He has power, and he's using that power to make sense of the world, to give people a way out of chaos. And Jesus uses authority to liberate and to muzzle evil. That's the second point. Jesus uses authority to liberate. Let's read on in verse 23 and uh, 24. And immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. I think as humans, we use power to enslave. My group over your group. But that's not what these demons do. That's, and, and that is what these demons were doing. They were, they were ganging up on people. They were afflicting them. And, and don't be surprised by demonic activity. But don't focus on it either. Demon oppression is, is normal. Demon possession is where some people are taken over, but oppression is just a harassment that we all understand and feel because we live in enemy-occupied territory. I know in my family, we've always noticed when big things of God were going to happen, usually on the next Sunday, that window dressings in our house would fall down. I was in Uganda a few years ago, and when I told the story about um, how I would be preaching a big sermon and the night before, um, window things would fall down, weird stuff would happen in our house. All the Africans listen and they go, do you have Mama Fina in your house? And what they were asking was, do you have a witch doctor that lives nearby? Maybe. The reality is, I don't know about that, but I know that demons, I know that the spiritual farces of darkness really do bring chaos into this world. So don't be surprised when the kingdom of darkness starts to fight against the kingdom of light. Don't be surprised, but don't focus on it either. You see what Jesus does? All of this rigmarole comes out and all of this, uh, this fomenting happens and Jesus simply says, be silent and come out. And the spirit came out. We play into demonic hands when we enslave others, when we give in to their ways of power, their ways of, of using power, racism, bigotry, partiality, my group is betterism. It's okay to point out the truth that maybe my group thinks about things differently, but, but our actions need to be love. And that's what Jesus does. You see, exercising authority doesn't increase my status or value any more than submitting to authority reduces my status or value. Neither one's true. What we need to understand is that 
authority is not ours, it's Jesus's. And you see what Jesus does with his authority. A little less talk, a little more action. Jesus doesn't argue with the demons, he just deals with them. Jesus is simply muzzling to them. He, he speaks a word and the demons are silent and they come out. Have you come to destroy us? Well, for them, the answer is yes. That's what Jesus, the king of light, has come to do to the kingdom of darkness. And that's the question we ask. Jesus, this one who has all the power, what is he going to use it for? Jesus uses his power for our good and his glory. The first thing we said was Jesus uses authority to make sense of the world. He tells us what's in the Bible. It's him and it points us to salvation. But then he uses authority to liberate, to muzzle evil. But most of all, we need to understand Jesus uses authority for us. Look in verse 27 and uh, 28. And they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. Jesus' fame was picking up, but you need to understand, fame means nothing to Jesus. We talked about superheroes earlier, super um, powers. You remember Spider-Man? Spider-Man has his newfound superpowers, and he had a heart-to-heart -heart conversation in the middle of one of the early movies um, with his Uncle Ben. And they were sitting in, his, in Uncle Ben's car, and Uncle Ben says these great words. These are the years when a man comes, becomes a man. He's going to be for the rest of his life. Just be careful who you change into. You're feeling this great power, and with great power comes great responsibility. Jesus has more power than any other being in the universe. He is the uncreated creator. He's the one who has all the power of the universe. Yet he's so centered in who he is that he isn't swayed by the fame. He isn't uh, concerned about anything else. He just does what he came to do, to give clarity through the preaching of the word so that people would see the roadmap for how to live life. And then secondly, so that evil would be dealt with. Here's the thing that Jesus uses his power for. He uses his power to go to the cross. It's interesting. In the Gospel of John, it says this. I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I, Jesus, have the authority to lay down my life and to take it up again. You see what he's saying there? No one put Jesus on the cross. Jesus used his power, his authority, to go to the cross. So before we go, I have three questions. The first one is this. Jesus came to use his authority to liberate. Will you let him liberate you? Maybe you're giving in to the powers of darkness around you. Will you call for help and ask Jesus to show up and help you? Number two, Jesus uses his authority for others. How are you using your authority to liberate other people? And then third, we kind of talked about it, but what is the gospel here? Not, not good advice, use your power for good, because I'm going to mess up using power. And that's where the good news is so important. 
Jesus uses his authority to lift up the captive while being at the same time willing to be captive to the cross. Why? Because he needed to die for you, for me, to use his power to keep him on the cross so that he could atone and cover over all of the ways that we will mess up our use of power and so that he can bring forgiveness and healing to you and me. Amen. Thank you, Greg, for reminding us that Jesus comes to meet us in our everyday places. If this has touched your heart and you have questions about knowing Jesus' presence in your life, use the feedback form to reach out and we will contact you to talk further. As Christians, we have a God who hears and forgives. We like to take time in our service to examine our hearts and confess to Him. I wonder, are there times when your heart has been restless this week? Times when you haven't gone to God but to other people, things, or substances to meet your needs? Times you haven't trusted God's mighty power to meet your needs? Take a few moments to reflect on it this week and confess those things to God. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Almighty God, creator of all, you marvelously made us in your image, but we have corrupted ourselves and damaged your likeness by rejecting your love and hurting our neighbors. We have done wrong and neglected to do right. We are sincerely sorry and heartily repent of our sins. Cleanse us and forgive us by the sacrifice of your son. Remake us and lead us by your spirit, the comforter. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, whose steadfast love is as great as the heavens are high above the earth, remove our sins from us. As far as the east is from the west, strengthen our life in his kingdom and keep us upright to the last day. Through Jesus Christ, our merciful high priest. Amen. I want you to know that God loves you and meets you no matter how far away you feel today. He meets you with words of welcome. Listen to these words of Jesus to all who turn to him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. These words remind us of the truth that Jesus is the God who loves us wherever we are. He runs after us in his love to rescue and care for us. And as a result of his care, we can then care for each other. We say, the peace of the Lord be always with you, and also with you. As we say the word peace, we realize the world is greatly lacking in peace right now. We hear of bad news everywhere. Our hearts are heavy until we remember that we have a God who comes near. We can turn to him with all our needs and wants and he both hears and answers our prayers. Join me in taking time to pray to this God. Father, we pray that you will lead the nations of the world in the ways of peace. Guide their leaders in wisdom and truth for the safety and good of all. Father, we look about this world and we feel that there is a great need for peace and wisdom on the part of the leaders of this world and on the part of everyone who lives in this world. We pray that you would give wisdom, that you would give peace moving forward with COVID, with the politics, 
with all that is going on in our world today, we pray for wisdom and peace. Together, Father, hear our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Pour out on your whole church the spirit of unity and truth. May all who confess your holy name agree in the truth of your word, live in loving unity, and serve you with holy and righteous lives. Father, we do pray for the church worldwide that you would raise up strong leaders, Christians who are not afraid to say your name, Christians who are not afraid to um, be people of peace wherever they live. We just pray for the church around the world, Father, for unity, for peace, and for um, great confidence to go forward in the gospel. Together, Father, hear our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, comfort and sustain everyone who in this fleeting life is in sorrow, need, sickness, or any other distress. Take time to add the names of the people that you are praying for. Together, Father, hear our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Together, we want to pray as our Savior Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the Holy Trinity make us strong in faith and love, defend us on every side, and guide us in truth and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Uh
Thank you so much for joining us today. I mentioned earlier that we are a community that seeks to transform lives with the resurrected power of Jesus Christ. And as we close, I would like to share a few ways to connect into our family. If you are interested in connecting with us in any of these ways or learning more, please text HelloCore to 474747 and we will connect with you. Our core groups are continuing to grow and reach many different people in different ways. These groups really try to dive deep together, and we would love to find the right group for you. Thank you so much for taking this time to join us, and we look forward to seeing you again next week.